What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to bring you another installment of the Jenny and Michael show. We recorded this at the same time as the We're Bored episode and the follow-up, We've Gone Overboard. Those are episodes 217 and 218. Listen at your own risk, as we said. We debated calling those infinitely boring and do not click or the household rambling. But if you happen to like it, this one is very interesting and I decided to hit publish as well because in the first half, the first 20 minutes or so, we do talk about the usual random stuff, although Michael shared a really insightful message from one of his professors about how to protect your flame, your creative spark. Each of us riff on how we protect our flame. And then Michael takes us into this surprise meditation around minute 21, 22, that just neither of us saw coming. It's the first time he's facilitated anything like that. And if you're used to guided meditations, they're usually so sonorous and soothing. And Michael is this epic adventure guide leader. So If you want to listen to the second half when you can actually pause, close your eyes and go through it, I found it to be very interesting. He'll ask me at the very end what came up for me, and I encourage you to hit pause and make sure you record your own visualizations before you hear me say mine, because I have a feeling that like a dream, it will be easy to slip out of your mind if you hear something that would influence it too soon. Last note, I start this episode talking about one of my favorite bands of all time, Nako and Medicine for the People. There's not really a clean intro because we recorded just this four-hour binge recording session all on the same day. We recorded these back on Saturday, uh, May 9th. So the Nako album is already out. It's called Take Your Power Back. I am absolutely obsessed. If you're not familiar with this band, go listen to their albums right now and just prepare, I hope, to be overjoyed and delighted. One of my favorite songs is from their Dark as Night album, and it centers around the lyric, I believe in the good things coming. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, have fun with the meditation, and we both can't wait to hear what you think. Now, on to today's show. Knock on Medicine for the People, I adore. And that was shout out to Ari who introduced me to them. I went to their concert in Bali in 2015 and I'm obsessed. I've listened to their songs more than any other artist. Wow. Yeah, he has an album coming out. So I was seeing where he was interviewed and one of the places was Danica's show. So I followed the rabbit hole just as you do. You learn so much about these people that you wouldn't otherwise, particularly the hosts. The guests are sometimes kind of on a script, especially the, the less creative questions. It's mm-hmm. tempting when you interview an author to just ask about what's in the book, but that's kind of fossilized knowledge frozen in time. And it's not always what's fresh, what's here now. All right. Yeah. So, so ask me then a question that's compelling that one would ask in a, in a dialogue or in a, what in has a surprised you since the book came out? Love it. Like, what's not in the book? What's missing from the book? What do you wish you had included in the book? What do you think you got wrong? 
Those would be fresh. Why do you think you what's, got wrong? Yeah, what's here fresh? That's what's fresh one. for you right now? Although I'm learning from Stephen Shapiro, who's also going to be on the podcast, yeah. if not already, Invisible yeah. Solutions, okay. this is his book, okay. that you probably don't want to ask questions about the negative. Right. But that's such a good question. What did you get wrong? That that just ask me that. You know. What that, it, yeah. That, yeah. That's what I want to. That's what I want to riff about. What did I get wrong? What did you get wrong about your life of a Lebanese artist? Because that was we talked about it on the podcast. You know, I didn't. I didn't sit and think about that yet. Well, so I'm asking <laughs> you now. See how fresh it is. You don't have a canned response. It's good. It's but one fresh. would assume one would assume that people, you know, kind of revisit revisit yeah. some things. Uh, but it's funny. I haven't I haven't revisited life of the Lebanese artist at all. Uh, what did I get wrong? What did I get wrong? Wow. I think I stopped um, early for that one, so I didn't give myself enough leeway to really hit a groove. Uh, so, um, I've gone everywhere with my writing. I've gone everywhere with the different style of post that I, that I posted. Uh, I was doing a lot of experimental GIF work along with text and, and now I would make it maybe a little bit more concise. Although again, like this podcast, I'm just going to pause you though. What? Cause I think you said it, you didn't give it long enough. Yes. Yes. And yes. then you got into the technical, which is more comfortable to talk about than why you didn't stick with it from a psychological standpoint. I don't know if it's, that's the thing. I don't know if it's a psychological or it was more of a dipping my toe into this medium, seeing what it is and boomeranging it. And I do that a lot with all of my work. And what I like about it is that, you know, three, four years down the line, I stumble upon this medium again and I'm in a different place and I use it in a better way. And uh, it's like revisiting, going back in time, but you're a completely different person. Um, but I digress. But that's that's what I do all the time. I don't know if it's wrong or not, but that's how I view the evolution of my artwork. And I really like that in it. But I still haven't answered the question of, of what I've done wrong with it. Well... I agree with your assessment. I know what I've done what? wrong. Tell there us. it is. Tell us. Okay. I I wish, I wish, I wish um, it wasn't on Instagram. Why? Because I I really like the idea of 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 writing, of gifting, of of trying all of these things, but posting it on there got me into this mm. uh, this this side rabbit hole of yeah. of marketing and hashtags oh, and, really and placement and, and users and and I shouldn't have done that. And the thing is there has to be a place where one can publish things, maybe like medium.com, um that doesn't have that much engagement and that 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 doesn't have that many tools and metrics and and meta stuff to promote the work and i started promoting it very early in parallel with while experimenting and i think that was a huge mistake mm. I learned a lot. I, Don't I did get me see, wrong. Yeah, sometimes it was motivating for you. Like you learned exactly what times to hit publish. And Absolutely, that, that motivated you. Yes. Got like your butt in the chair, and you'd create mm -hmm. the memes. But then I also saw how every day you'd be disappointed by the numbers, 
and that that was right. draining and you'd feel like you even took down memes that didn't instantly get enough likes for instance yeah or, or not even disappointed by the numbers but more curious about the numbers but you were though i'm just telling you from the outside yeah, maybe no, no. I, I I was, but not maybe not not probably not only disappointed. Uh, mainly, what it was was distracted by the numbers. Yeah, just yeah, both D- disappointed and distracted. Sure, but disappointed and ecstatic sometimes. But but be- every now and then. But on the whole, once you started looking at the numbers, you were more down than not about the numbers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. I kept telling you ignore distracted. the numbers. So you you yeah. can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. I don't know. I think you can you can spread out the frequency that you check the numbers. So you are checking daily, I, I can't. I if not per that. meme. No, no, but I'm saying that. like with the podcast, I check in maybe once a month. Yeah, because you've been doing it for five years. You'd, so there's still people who would check nuts. every episode. Someone okay. would look at every episode stats. Okay, I, I that's that's the thing again. I do not wanna. I want to be in a place where I don't even know about the numbers. I can't see the numbers. I agree. I, I don't want to handle anything about that. And I just want to go, man. Yeah. I just want to go and create and write and have these ideas and have fun. And that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like when you write a book, you publish it, you know, after three years of, of, of doing the thing. And then you get the feedback and then you understand. Or then you do the publishing on, on the side. I don't know how you did that. No, that's I'm true. I sure. mean... With a book, yeah, and that's a big risk. But it's also a riskier way to create because you're not getting any feedback unless you have beta readers, that's just too early much readers. Feedback, I'm saying I agree. About, it'd be impossible to write it yeah. because there would be people who you have to send it to key readers that you most respect. Yes, yes, that's it. But if you open it up too early, mm. everyone will have a different opinion, and you'll be frozen. You can't hear yourself. You know, one thing I liked about doing the mas- uh, doing my masters in SVA is that you used to have a lot of. Um, people visiting your studio and giving you feedback and uh, uh, so so you'd get maybe two to five to ten studio visits a week and that was great because you would realize that if you listened to any of these guys you'd go crazy you'd destroy your work completely because there's so many opinions out there the only thing you can do is have it be constructive and then Take whatever they're saying with a grain of salt. Realize that they're coming at it from a completely different perspective and move on. Isn't it interesting that one by one, their feedback can be helpful and thought provoking? Yes. And yet on the whole, the takeaway is oh if God. I listened to all these yes, yes. studio visits, I wouldn't have my you own wouldn't voice. Do anything. Yeah. Wouldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's very funny that it could be You'd both at diluted. the same time helpful, diluted. diluted. And then you're writing or creating something to please the maximum number of people, which isn't always a good thing. Mm-hmm. You actually want half the people to hate your work and then the other half to love it. Yeah. Spe- That's better. Especially when you come into um, come into the, the field, uh, when you're fresh in a field. So you don't really know, like you don't really have an opinion of your own. Uh, that was for me, the contemporary art world in New York. It's like, okay, I've been painting for a while. I'm very, I'm fairly technical. I've done, a, I've, I've had a few shows under my belt. Um, but oh, Maybe it doesn't work with the contemporary art world. This isn't conte- contemporary art. This isn't my niche. This isn't where I belong. But I want to. I want to discover it more. So you start um, hanging on to other people's feedback way more. And it, for me, it affected my work in the beginning. And I don't want to say in a bad way, but it's. And I was. I was open to surrender my work completely. Actually, um, so. It helps me build, but on the long run, not directly. I also think you're speaking to 
If you create work to get to land a gallery, or an author writes a book to get an agent or to get a publisher, it's not going to work. You can't do that. You can't do that. No. You cannot create to please anyone other than your calling around this this work. Yeah. And that's why I think trying to get a, an agent or a publisher too early for a book is also a mistake because mm -hmm. if it's especially if it's your first one, you kind of have to write and know where you stand and know what you really believe in. And mm -hmm. with life after college, so many people said this is not going to work. It's too general. Young people don't buy books. You don't have a hook, any number of things. And then it's done well enough. Mm -hmm. It springboarded my entire career, got me years of keynote speeches. And then there's even more successful books now called Life After College right. that have probably done better than mine. Sure. And there were many before me too. It's, it has But to be your own trail and, and only your own trail. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I knew I wasn't going to change the format. So if the publisher didn't like it, then it's not the book for them. But I wasn't mm -hmm. going to change it. And I think it is helpful. It's good to be flexible, but it's also good to get to that point where you're so clear yeah. in your direction. And this is what I can create. And this is, and only this. Yeah. One, one, main, one, one main lesson that I, that, I, that I took that's been helping me so much. But I, I learned that back in 2006 from Professor Karim Nader. Protect your flame. That's what you need to do. Mm. You need to know, you need to find that little flame in you and you need to, to build around it and, and, and barricade it in the beginning. So, so then you can have a forest fire. Without harming I love any that. Nature, that comes like, without harming nature. nature. That's yeah. so nice. But really, really, like you have to protect your flame. You have to go inward. You have to keep feeding it. And, and to add to that, uh, as a complementary, you can't have people that are energy suckers and toxic toxic people around you just suck you dry. Take away that energy. Take away that flame. So also be aware. Be aware of that. Yeah. Be aware of who you. Oh let my in. gosh, we saw the funniest show about vampires. And there's all the traditional Dracula-style fang-teeth vampires. And then there was one guy in the show. It's Comedy Central. What we do in the... Who's uh, an energy classic. vampire. Remember the yeah, one yeah, that's yeah, an energy, energy vampire. And he would just come into a room and be like, hey, guys. Yeah. And he really drained yeah. everyone's energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really funny. Yeah. But I love what you just said about protect your flame. Mm -hmm. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. And it goes back to the fire metaphor mm -hmm. and i think we're going to call this episode protect your flame because that's like a book even though you didn't make it up but still yeah i even wrote about it in my thesis how do you michael protect your flame well i like to take a lot of time for myself and um yeah i like to take a lot of time for myself i like to isolate myself be a hermit And give myself enough time to have a real opinion, if mm, that makes sense. I love that. You know, not not echo what other people said or or, or use things I've read and, and claim it as mine. You know, really needs to be ingrained in my foundation, what I believe, who I am, and and really what I'm doing, and feel it. And I think the best indicator of if that's working is you're productive. You're productive how? I mean, you can put your your hand, your paintbrush on a, on a canvas and it would work on all by itself because you're just, you paint what you know. And uh, and these things just, just happen in real time. And you don't have to go open a copybook or, or a sketchbook to, to copy what, uh, what you've discovered because it's become part of yourself. And I try to do that all the time now. I love that. Yeah. I second being a hermit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you and need it. 
I also try to minimize phone time. I feel that our phones are this 24-7 tether to everything. The internet, email, text messages, notices, apps, browsing. And for me, that's really dangerous. As rewarding as any one activity could be, they all add up to this flame diminishment for me because I'm not just quiet or reading or contemplating. And if I'm not doing those things, what do I, I'm, that's what I live for is what you said. I like reading, even if it's the newspaper or a magazine or a book and then synthesizing information and looking for patterns and, and then the luxury is when I then have an opinion that's actually different or an original idea, knowing that not much is original, Mm -hmm. but as original for the time that we're in Mm -hmm. from the perspective I can offer, that's what I live for. And I simply will not have the space and the journey to create that if I'm constantly ping-ponging my attention into my phone. You um, To add to that is, let's say you're on Instagram or on Twitter, wherever you are, curate right. You need to oh, you yeah. need to unfollow so many people. Trust me. I, I used to follow 3,000 people on Instagram, and now I'm down to 100. I'm like, you know what? Why am I doing this? Why am I peering into other people's worlds that I'm not interested in, right? Or I don't approve of, or I that don't challenge me, or that's just uh, I don't want to. I don't want to see any any picture. I don't want to see any content that I know is going to be dull. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get it. Dull, I get for, it. dull for me. Dull I get for it. Me, I totally get it. And uh, and and to add, to add another thing about how do you um, protect your flame and develop it, surround yourself with. A handful of people or people in general that you trust and if you if you can't find a friend do it with a shrink you know <laughs> like create create a safe space uh where you can be you and where that space is sacred for you and a space that can't be hijacked you know preferably maybe someone who isn't in your field that you don't work with that's why they probably say uh, friends and you can't you can't mix friends uh, work and family or or work and uh, and friends together not always but it's a tough thing to do right because then the relationship merges into a hybrid right thing yeah yeah I think for me protecting my flame also has to do with am I able to get quiet enough to hear my intuition. Because I know that the times I'm confused or overwhelmed, I'm actually just not listening to that voice, mm-hmm. the voice within or the voice of the universe, however you want to call it. You got to be able to recognize it. Yeah, recognize it, tune into it. I, I actually think that for me, I can tune into the cosmic collective consciousness mm-hmm. and ask for information and then receive it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's what podcast to create, mm-hmm. what episode to create. I believe the answer is always within me. It's always there. I just Mm. need to have the awareness to slow down, get quiet and ask. Mm. And if I'm not doing that and I'm just sitting around saying, I'm confused. I don't know what to create. I'm Mm. bored. I don't know what to create. Mm. I just did the episode called I Don't Know. And I asked people to take the listener survey. Mm -hmm. And I talked about what do I do when I don't know? Well, that listener survey has been amazing. I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for everyone who's filled it out because it gives me some new clues. And I also know that if I really want to channel my next direction or my next work that it's exactly that i got to open mm-hmm. the channel i got to turn the radio tune the radio mm-hmm. to a listening station that is available but it's unseen and mm-hmm. it's really not, you know i listen to so many podcasts but 
it's probably not going to come directly through that. Although I do think that synthesizing a vast array of information is something that I've always enjoyed and has always led to my next thing. You, you know, it's very funny you say that because... So remember when we talked about feeling and method? I use data as ways to build my universe, right? And we all do. To build my universe, build my, my prism to, to the world. And then I use feeling to ask the questions that would get me to a solution. Solution is never ending. It's never final. Always keeps moving. But I don't necessarily rely on quote-unquote problem solving, you know, just like sitting down using your left brain and, and if this, then that, and using systems to, to, to come up with, with my, next, my next thing. Because every time I do that, it, it ends up not being that. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm processing. I'm going to give yeah. you an example. I'm going to give you an example. I, I read, let's say, a bunch of things about Carl Jung, okay? Depth, depth psychology. And then I, in parallel, I look at rites of passage, let's say. And I've had in the past a uh, fascination for tarot and, and, and not divination, but more of, of tarot as a way to parallel my life or my perception through... Uh, projecting on onto these symbols anyways so i trust the process of learning things that i that i feel really compelled to learn and then that the solution is just going to come out of nowhere and remember when we walked into the young the young cg young institute in in new york i went into this bookstore very uh, you know in complete synchronicity and the first thing that i saw was uh, a book about how tarot in a Jungian way mimics male initiation. Remember that? Yeah, your dream. Title. Oh my God. It's <laughs> as if you took my whole life back, back then and then synthesized it in an episode or like in, in, in a title. And, uh, and that opened up like a whole world because it was so specific, but it was so real to who I was at the moment and who I am right now still, I'm, I'm delving into that world. But this is how I, I keep my flame going, by not trying to over-manage it. Yes. Well, yes, as per the pondering method episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That you specifically don't want. I love that yeah. you just said that, and you just synthesize it really well, like, by not over-managing it. Yeah. That's a great addition to this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Of protect your flame. Yeah. It's like, nurture it, but don't manage it. Yeah. Keep, yes. Keep finding, keep finding combustible, uh, <laughs> combustibles, <laughs> and, and keep keep throwing fuel on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're driving this one. I'm in the passenger seat because I'm tired. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm I'm driving. Yeah. Okay. Beirut style. Okay. <laughs> Close your eyes, everyone. Imagine an empty space. What color is the sky? Is there a ceiling or an open space? Are there limits to your space? Is it a tiny cocoon or is it a vast ocean? You had me there for a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep going. All right, so... 
Look around. Look down into your hands. Let's start with your right hand. What are you holding? Is it a tool? Is it food? <laughs> no. Okay, so what, what kind of tool are you holding? Or what kind of toy are you holding? Now look at your left hand. <laughs> I'm actually doing this. That's yeah, yeah. why he's laughing at me. Is it another toy? Or a continuation of the other toy that's in your right Why hand? Why are they toys? <laughs> because it's a playground. Mine wasn't a toy. Because it's a playground. <laughs> okay. Now. What happens now, Jenny? <laughs> go with your intuition. Now go into your intuition. With your intuition. Not you. Oh. Now. Something appears in front of you. Or someone. What is it? They're your companion on a quest that you're going to lead in this space. A journey of creation. What are you creating? This is hilarious. What are you creating, Jenny, right now? Right now, Ryder and I are in a forest. Oh, you went to it. And we're creating a path forward. Okay. Well, you know what? Let me do this again. Um, what are you creating? Well, no, you were leading. No, I'm leading. You're creating so what I was, countless visualizations What I was trying there. to do, what I was trying to do is I was actually trying to walk through my meditation at the same time because I've, I don't know if I've ever led the meditation. So I need to think about systems again. No, you're doing great. Oh, no, okay, okay, let's do it. Okay. okay. All right, so... I like that you asked, what are you creating? That's what are you, really cool. What are you creating? Suddenly... <laughs> it's very jarring meditation. <laughs> a figure, ominous figure... Oh, my gosh. ...comes out of nowhere. It's making a, a, a large sound, a loud sound... And it's telling you something. What is it telling you? It represents your fears and ominous characters of your unconscious. Was it? And you're terrified. What is it saying to you? Now you reach into your pocket and you come up come out with a huge tool. And the tool is a megaphone, actually. Mag magic me megaphone that's going to conquer your ominous, scary figure. What do you scream into the megaphone right now? Ego. The ominous figure is taken aback by the power of your words, runs away, and then leaves you with a treasure chest that's going to help you build your space. It's the one missing piece. 
It's going to help you build your space and create an axis mundi. Turn it into a sacred space. Going to link you, link you into the, to, to the universe from that space. What is it? Now you realize that you can float. You can start flying actually into that into that space. You can go back in time and forward in time, and you can be super big and super small. Where do you go right now in that space to start building your first thing? Why are you building this thing? You feel a lot of joy in you, swelling, swelling. Oh my God, what am I doing? I'm building this world and it's so fascinating, so exciting and I have the tools and I create. I can create all the tools I want. And you see in front of you an army of these ominous creatures. So you reach again into your pocket and you take out a mega megaphone. You know, it's like a it's like a turret type megaphone that just launches words onto them. You've got the most powerful weapon ever. And you know that once you send this big word to them, you're gonna open up leagues and leagues of the space, open up so much potential. What word uh, do you say? What sentence do you say? What do you scream in that megaphone? All of these creatures start leaving you treasures, treasures, treasures everywhere. And now you know that you've got so much potential everywhere. I'm going to leave you to this meditation. I'm going to let you go from one treasure to the next and find series and series of tools that will help you build your universe even better. Take yourself through that. Let's say you're going to go and visit three chests that remain. Let's do it quickly. Run to the first one. Open it. What do you find? Now run to the second one. Open it. What do you find? Now run to the third. Open it. What do you find? As you look around you, you realize that your sacred space that you're creating is starting to take shape. You have an idea in mind. You have an ethos. What do you believe in? Where is the space taking you? What is it going to create? Right in front of your eyes, all of this potential is starting to develop. And you can see five years into the future at a very rapid development where it's leading. How is that space transforming? Now, one of your teammates runs at you and calls you to help them with one of your goals. 
one of your missions. What is that mission? As you run with him to get things done or tell him what to do, you're filled with joy and purpose and you know that the most important thing on this earth you're here to do is you close your eyes again super happy with where you're at and slowly but surely open your eyes and come back to reality this was the first time that I did someone (laughs) (laughs) to, to a vision and I hope this helped. Did that help? It was great. <laughs> I have a whole world I uh, You did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. My God. Wow. Can we discuss real quick? I'm very impressed. Come on. Yeah. Tell me. That was cool. You're such an adventurous facilitator. <laughs> 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 I've never had a guided meditation that was had so much energy <laughs> and surprises. Tell me, it was, tell me. You know what? This goes all the way back to the, your sitcom that's not a sitcom. It's an epic, rollicking, Lord of the Rings-like adventure. Oh, my God. Wow, this that was cool. Total LARPing. That was cool. Oh, LARPing. Live, Live action, action role play. Wow, that's yeah. very nerdy. Yeah, cool. Tell me, tell me about your quest. Cool. <laughs> I, I continued on into the forest, but see, I don't want to... Sometimes I hesitate to share mine in case... Our well, dear listeners, I don't want to... It's like telling your dream too soon. So you know what? Am I how, about, how about we record it and maybe we can publish it later or maybe not publish it, but I would really like okay. to listen what you have. Well, I I saw my role as creating a clearing through the forest. Oh. Ryder was by my side. Yeah. The ominous being was a lion. Oh, really? Yeah, and to get this lion to 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 let me pass because there's a clearing of course okay. where there's joy and ease okay and that's what i'm creating leading people toward uh-huh. and then i said to the lion settle and my tool that i gave him was a piece of steak oh. so then i got him to just relax <laughs> like we say to rider uh, yeah settle and he settled uh-huh. and then we got to the clearing and it's very peaceful there it's like idyllic mm-hmm. an oasis in the chaos mm-hmm. And that the treasure chest one was a checklist. Really? <laughs> yeah. So treasure nice. chest two was a uh, money. Okay. And uh, and treasure chest three was time. Oh. So that the tools that I was going to be gifted in such abundance yeah. was maybe I'm creating a checklist, but also there's money and time. Okay. So it was like this, these gifts. Mm-hmm. And there were lions, the ominous beings were lions surrounding the perimeter. And then I got them all to settle. So the lions to me represent society sort of roaring at trying to do something differently. Cause the first lion said in a way, the message was don't go, don't take the obvious path, turn left, veer off 90 degrees Mm -hmm. and go somewhere different. And so my feeling at the end was that I want this thing that I'm creating to be a game changer. Mm -hmm. I feel that life after college and even pivot is helpful. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're a game changer. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Tim's books. They're mm-hmm. a game changer. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much where I got. And then another talent, because you had us, it was so cool how much help we had and talents and things. <laughs> when I was flying over the clearing, I had almost x-ray glasses so I mm-hmm. could see the path mm-hmm. before it happened. I mm-hmm. could see where the, the beautiful vision. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me kind of what I'm trying to create with momentum is this clearing, this oasis of small business with ease and joy and abundance that seems so different from the path that it 
already exists for mm-hmm. work and career and mm-hmm. even business. Mm-hmm. And that's my prototype, I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That was mine. I like it. Thank you. All right. All right, dear listener. Hope you had fun with this uh, impromptu uh, meditation, uh, guided meditation. Uh, Send Michael a note and let him know what came up for you. Yeah, I think you'd like to see that. I'd really, I really. Would he like may or that. may not respond. That's his yes, style. That's true. But he will happily and with gratitude and appreciation and excitement. That's true. Read it. Read it and receive Enjoy it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, checking out. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for being here. Happy adventuring. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. What a great epic meditation better meditations coming soon this and congrats was like on your hilarious. first one thank you how cool i hope it worked out for you guys yeah it wasn't I hope so too, too uh too like all over the place or i hope so too yeah all right thank you <laughs> i love you i love you thanks so much for listening to this episode of the pivot podcast Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List, a curated twice-monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast. And connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always?